Rabbi Bravender's Parashashir for Nassau from webyeshiva.org is sponsored in memory of Mrs. Mary Ruback by her family. Miriam Bat Avraham, Aleha Hashalom. Okay, good evening. It's uh, eight o'clock. This is Rabbi Chaim Bravender, and we're learning something about the Parsha of Nassau. This year is brought uh, down uh, tonight, Luin Nefesh Nafsha, Shal Miriam Bat Avraham Aleha Shalom, in memory of Mrs. Mary Rubach, de dedicated by her family, her family, their residents of the Frat, and very good friends of the Web Yeshiva. Uh, the next, there's another. Uh, Dedication, dedicated by Vatya and Eddie Jacobs. Wonderful friends in honor of the marriage of their daughter, Mazel Tov Mevi, to Gal Navon. The Jacobs do everything in a hurry, you know, they've got to get it done. And we wish them Mazel and Bracha. We want to talk tonight about the Birkat Kohanim. Everybody knows that there is a Birkat Kohanim, even today. In Eretz Yisrael especially, Kutzlaretz for a reason that we don't want to go into, they don't do the Birkat Kohanim every day. But here in Eretz Yisrael, every day, the Kohanim go up in front of the ulam of the, of the hall, and they bless us, those of us who are not Kohanim. And, uh, Certain things about Birkat Kohanim struck me always as being uh, strange. Let's just remind ourselves of the Psukim. Birkat Kohanim. So here we have it. The first section is Birkat Kohanim, where the Be'ashem of Moshe Lemor, a well-known introduction. Let me just see if I can get... Why do I have to keep asking to annotate? Start annotating. Here we go. This bracha, this blessing is given to Aaron the Kohen and his sons, the Kohanim. What does that mean? Well, where do they get the right to give me a bracha? What is, what is it that, uh, what do they got, so to speak? We don't know anything about Aaron Cohen and Bracha. I mean, what's the connection? And then we have the text. It's actually put into the Chumash. It doesn't say, give him a Bracha. Say something nice. It says specifically, And then the third Bracha, So if I had to summarize, the brachot that the Kohanim give every single day in Eretz Israel, and twice when you dive it, twice a day when there's a Musaf like a Shabbos, every day. What's the point? The point is v'yaseim lecha shalom. V'yaseim lecha shalom? Peace? Well, what kind of bracha is that? I mean, you know, I mean, what is it that we are looking for? That uh, I mean, you know, here I am sitting in a country that is at war. I mean, even though 
I personally kind of calm about it, and I don't expect it to be terrible like those wars in the movies. Nevertheless, we're at war. And here I, we are thinking of shalom. What is this shalom uh, that that uh, the Torah is talking about? I mean, you all know very well that uh, that that wars go on all the time in the world. I mean, that we have all the information all the time. We know everything. Every time there's a war in Africa, there's a war in Asia. There's even a a sort of wars in South America. Wars are wars. Doesn't seem to be possible. Doesn't seem to be possible. You know that peace was a difficult thing. The Navi Yishayahu says, the Navi Yishayahu says, the guard Ze'ev and Kevis. You remember that? The Ze'ev, the wolf, and the Kevis, the sheep, are going to be lying together. I guess it means that they're not going to be eating each other up. They're going to be happy with each other. That's peace. That's what the Navi said. Along came the Rambam. And the Rambam said, what, what do you mean? God made the world the way it is. And the way it is is that the Ze'ev does not get along with the Keves. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's what the Rambam said. So the Rambam reinterpreted the prophetic statement. And he said what Yeshayahu really meant was in politics, they're going to get along. All these nations that disagree with each other and are not happy with each other, they're all going to get along. Along came the Ramban several hundred years later, but the Ramban was a kind of a, a counterforce to the Rambam. And the Ramban said, what? How could the Rambam say a thing like that? The Navi says that they're going to get along. So they're going to get along. You can't, you can't argue with the Navi. You can't have a preconceived notion of what's going to be and then say, well, the Navi must have meant that as well. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's the Ramban. So he says, what the Ramban says, when the Mashiach comes, then the Za'ev, the wolf, will lie with the sheep and they'll be happy with each other. It'll be the love story of the Messianic era. So I would say, that what we want really, what we want to do, God should take care of us physically. Like generally speaking, generally speaking, God should look positively upon us. Like a general kind of bracha, but the third bracha, we turn to the Kohanim, and the Kohanim are blessing us, and they're telling us shalom. I mean, who wants shalom? What does that mean? What does that mean? I can understand health, wealth, uh, happiness. But shalom, shalom. In any event, in any event, this is the problem that I always had, right? What is, what is shalom? The last pasuk that's up here is Visabu et Shemi al Bnei Yisrael. Visabu et Shemi. Somehow the name of God will be posited, posited upon Bnei Yisrael. Somehow this relationship between the Kohanim and, and Bnei Yisrael will 
leave an imprint somewhere which uh, somewhere uh, to me Rashi says that the Kohanim will use God's name to bless B'nai Yisrael. Imagine that. I mean, that's really, uh, really something. I promise, God says, to bless them. I will, I will agree with the Kohanim. What do you think about that? Another possible interpretation. One interpretation, I will bless B'nai Yisrael. The other interpretation is I'll bless the Kohanim. And as Rashi is saying, and you can't tell, both interpretations are correct. Both interpretations are correct. So let's summarize. I don't understand how the Kohanim got this job. And what was it that, that, that enabled them? What was it that enabled them to get this job? The second question is, what is the peace that we are talking about? What is the Yasem Lechashalom that we are talking about? All to understand, all to understand this, I have to go to two sources. One is a story in the Gemara, and the other is Psukim in Shmot that we may have already learned on another occasion. So we could just turn the sheet. Turn. I, I don't want the Ramban. Probably two two turns. Uh, here. Oh, 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 no, no. I think back. Is it back? On the front page. The Gemara. The Gemara. No, further. Further. Oh, here I have it. Just a second. Just a second. It's after Shemot Perikdas. At the end, the last thing on the page. Best thing on the page. But second bracha You see it, you all see it. I hope. Tanya, there's a brighter. It's a story that is that's in a brighter. Amar Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha. Rabbi Yishmael was a kohen gadol and a great scholar, right? A kohen gadol and a great scholar. I don't know which exactly which the Rabbi Yishmael is. Amachat. He tells a story. He, Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha, tells a story of when he was the Kohen Gadol in the Beit HaMikdash. Pamachat nichnasti. Once, I'll tell you the story. I went in. Where did I go into? Into the Kodesh. Into the place where the menorah was and the, and the Mizbeach HaZahav and the golden altar. Nichnasti. I went in in order to uh, burn the incense. Right? That's his job. I went inside, very much inside, to the most inside that there is. That's the place of the Aaron Kodesh. Place of the Aaron Kodesh. And say the Aaron Kodesh was there. And Yudhe, it's like it's not clear what Yudhe. Akatriel is a name of a Malach. A name of Malach. I'm sure that you're not all experts on the names of Malach, but the Chachamim and the days of the Chachamim, they collected names of angels. 
So, so Raiti Akatriel, his name, and then Yudke, which is like a name of God, and then Hashem Tzivaot, I saw, I saw this angel, and then I saw Shehu Yoshev Al Kisei Rabbenisa. I saw this angel sitting on a very high throne, especially uh, an elaborate kind of throne. Romarli, and the Kodesh Baruch Hu said, I guess, said to Yishmael, Yishmael b'ni, Yishmael, my son, you know that this uh, this story was immortalized by a song by Avraham Fried. So you could ask your grandchildren to sing the song to you. And you have a minute. Yishmael b'ni, God says to Yishmael, my son, Berchani, please bless me. Please, please imagine this story. God is asking Ishmael to bless him. Ishmael, he's not taken aback by this. And he says, Amartilo, I said to HaKadosh Bochu, Yehiratzon Milfanecha, Yehiratzon Milfanecha, it should be only your desire. So you can't tell God, give a bracha for something. God doesn't need anything. It doesn't make any sense to say something like that. But Yishmael, according to Gadol, he said, it should only be that your mercy should be greater than your anger. And your mercy should overwhelm your strictness. And you should act to your children. Your children, that's B'nai Yisrael, with mercy. And treat them in a in a liberal manner. Don't be so strict about everything. Allow them, allow them a little bit of leeway. And he shook his head, so to speak. And I understood that he accepted what I said. This is Ishmael ben Elisha, right? And he says, And then the story ends, And I derive from this. I understood from this. That even a hediot, Someone who is in the hediot is usually in the world of kohanim. A hediot is a, a regular kohen, not a kohen gadol, but a kohen hediot is regular. So I, I think I would like to explain this as referring to kohanim, to people like Yishmael ben Elisha, who, <coughs> who, <coughs> who was a kohen but he could call himself a hediot. Okay.
So does this story make any sense to anybody? I think you make a sense that God is asking Yishmael to bless him. I think that, I think this story contains the essence of a bracha. I mean, what is a bracha? A bracha is when you get more than you deserve. When you become more than you might be at the hands of God. That's a bracha. A bracha is not like regular. Not like you're asking God for for regular. You're asking God for extraordinary. Ask God for God. The way we spoke previously about shalom, that makes sense. You're asking God for something that doesn't really exist. So Amartilo, look at the text again. I Ishmael said, What do you mean? What do you mean? You say the mercy, God's mercy should be greater than his anger. What do you what does that mean? Why is God angry? God is angry because he should be angry. Anger is what we suffer. We did something wrong. We acted in a way that we should never have acted. And so our Kodesh Baruch treats us with anger. So you hear that your mercy should overwhelm your anger. In other words, we're telling HaKadosh Baruch how he should act in a particular situation where it's clear that B'nai Yisrael are guilty. They've done things that they shouldn't do. It's absolutely perfectly clear. And here's Yishmael saying to HaKadosh Baruch So the first thing that we learn is that prayer is not about regular, it's about totally irregular. It's about wanting something that doesn't really exist. It's saying to HaKadosh Baruch I know you made the world work in a certain way, but I, I, me, as, as unimpressive as I may be and as unimportant as I may think of myself, I want something special. I want mercy to overwhelm anger. And mercy should overwhelm strict behavior. So you see from this story that the essence of tefillah is rachamim. Rachamim, mercy. I'm asking in tefillah, I'm always asking for mercy. And mercy is the great enabler, according to the story. Mercy enables the world to change under God. God made the world, Rashid Barailokim, God made the world a strict world. And then, because the world couldn't exist in that kind of strictness, so there's a a modification, but that modification is not fixed. 
We're not sure when there is rachamim and when there is din, so we can always ask for rachamim. We always need rachamim. We always need the rachamim, the mercy of HaKadosh Baruch So we can't make it in the world of din so well. We can't make it. So that's what, that's what Yishmael ben Elisha had to say. What Yishmael ben Elisha had to say. That God asked him, God asked him, bless me. And so we understand now what bless me meant. I tell you, Kaddish Baruch said to Yishmael, make a demand on me. Tell me that you can't do it unless there's Rachamim. Tell me that. Say it. In other words, prayer, the prayer that works is the prayer that God desires. And that's what Ishmael ben Elisha was trying to teach us, that we can know what God wants of us and what God wanted of us according to him. What God wanted of us was ask for mercy. Ask for something that is out of the regular, that is not what everybody else wants. Ask something, ask for the rachamim that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can have if we just do it, we just ask for it, we'll get it. But you have to know that that's what the getting means. So there's one more source before this before this page, Ezra. Uh, there's Shmot. Oh, here we are. Terrific. Shmot, Perik Dalid, Basuki Dalid. Moshe Rabbeinu said in the Pasuk, the Pasuk that's not printed here. Just a second. Just one second. The is the think that he's qualified for the job. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, hey, you know, you're going to get the job, you're going to take B'nai Yisrael, and will bring the Tarsinite, etc., etc., etc. Moshe Rabbeinu, in some odd way, doesn't think that he's qualified. He doesn't think he could do the job. It's like an impossible thing to figure out. How could a, a, a Moshe Rabbeinu think that if God appoints him, that appointment would somehow go astray or awry. It won't be the correct way to think that. Somebody who thinks that way is not going to give the Torah to B'nai Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will be with you when you speak. I will tell you what to say. Look, I've heard all the arguments. I'm listening to what the Kodesh Bohu says. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Send whoever you want, but not me. Not me. 
I look at look at the Psukim. Vayirach, Vayichar Af Hashem B'Moshe. Vayichar Af Hashem B'Moshe. God was angry at Moshe. Vayomer. And how did that anger get expressed? Halo Arona Chicha Halevi. Yadati Ki Daber Yedaber Hu. God was angry at Moshe Rashi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Korhomer called Charon Af Shebatorah Nemar Bo Roshan. Every time the word Vayichar, anger, is used in reference to God, something bad is going to happen. Nemar Bo Roshan. But in this particular case, Rashi says, nothing, nothing happened. We never saw Rashi. We never saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was punished. He should have been punished. I mean, how could Moshe Rabbeinu be the person who doesn't believe that God could pick the right person to lead the people out of Mitzrayim? Amalo Rabbi Yossi, Afazon Roshem. Rabbi Yossi disagreed. Disagreed with Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcho. Afazon Roshem. There is an implication. Valo Arona Chicha Levi. Arona Chicha, that's what the Apostle calls him. Aron Achicha Halevi, your brother Aaron the Levi. He's going to be a Levi and not a Kohen. You see, it says in the Pasuk that before this happened, before Moshe Rabbeinu disagreed, didn't want to accept the the charge that HaKadosh Baruch gave him so he, Moshe Rabbeinu would have been the Kohen and Aaron his brother would have been the Levi and now it's switched around it's switched around that's Aaron Achicha HaLevi, now he's the Levi but he's going to become the Kohen Yadati what about him? I mean after all Moshe Rabbeinu was complaining that he was not clear, he couldn't speak, he was, he was impaired somehow so HaKadosh Baruch says to me, Ki daber daber. Aaron, he's a great talker. He knows how to talk. Vegam inehu yotzei likratecha, and he's coming out to greet you. V'racha v'samach belibo. He's going to bring simcha to this project of getting B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, something that Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to do. Moshe Rabbeinu stood there listening to God direct him and he said, I can't do it, I can't go, I can't be part of, I can't give, be part of this. So again, what does Rashi say? Rashi says, first in the, in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha, kol charon every time the Torah speaks about anger, God's anger, something happens. In this case, there is nothing that happens and we didn't find any place in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for not accepting 
the job. I mean, it's not just Moshe Rabbeinu who's not accepting the job. It's in fact the one who gave us the Torah who's not accepting the job. The ones who passed the halacha down from Har Sinai to B'nai Israel. He said, I don't want the job. Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Yossi says, No, 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 there is an implication. There is an implication because Aaron is a daber yedaber. He's a daber yedaber. He has this quality of speech. He becomes a kohen. But what does the quality of speech have to do with becoming a kohen? A kohen means you take care of the korbanot, of the sacrifices. You show the people where to go, to go to the left, to go to the right. You do part of the service. I mean, that's what the kohanim said. No. Yedaber yedaber. Not only are the sacrifices going to be taken away from Moshe Rabbeinu, like leading the sacrificing, or, or, or running things in the Beit HaMikdash, or the Mishkan, the tabernacle. But the bracha, the speech, the words, which HaKadosh Baruch is going to give us, that becomes the provenance of Aaron HaKohen. What does Aaron Cohen ask for? He asks for shalom. We've already said before that shalom is not reasonable, not a reasonable request. Not a reasonable request is for shalom because shalom is not something that happens obviously. That's something that you can make an investment and get shalom. I mean, we unfortunately living in Eretz Yisrael, we see it all the time. We see it so often that we don't even take it too seriously or as seriously as we should take it. I mean, there's a war going on and the, and, and the people who live in the country that is at war are not at war. They're doing their business. They're traveling where they have to travel to. COVID-19, that was a national calamity. War? <laughs> not a not a national calamity at all. So shalom, we understand. It's not an obvious goal. It's not something that we think we're going to get. It's not something that just happens. In order for it to happen, we have to change the world seriously. We have to change the world. We need a bracha. Because changing the world means changing the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to the world. Right? And shalom depends ultimately, ultimately, on rachamim. And rachamim is the word that's used to describe the essential change that might take place in the world. Might take place in the world. So Aaron Akoin had this quality of Daber. Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he didn't have that quality, that he couldn't change the world. He said he knew, Moshe Rabbeinu knew he's going to take the nation out of the tribe and they're going to do terrible things. They don't have that kind of religious stamina. They're not able to avoid idolatry. Right, they're going to build the golden calf. 
and they're going to bow down to it. And Moshe Rabbeinu knew that he couldn't stop it. He couldn't stop it. He couldn't stop the golden calf. I mean, how could he possibly recreate the world for the Jewish people to live in? Couldn't. And so he demurred. He said to HaKadosh Baruch I can't do it. I mean, he can't do it. He can't lead the Jews out of Mitzrayim. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a, uh, a GPS. No, 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 that he had. He said, I can't change them. In order to change B'nai Israel, I need a new world. I need a world in which Rachamim dominates. I need that world. And you know that Moshe Rabbeinu got it without asking for it. After the Chaita Egel, that's a different story. So HaKadosh Baruch said, to Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron Cohen, he's got it. He's got it. He was a Rodev Shalom in his own world, in his own life. He was a Rodev Shalom. He ran after peace. And so he was able to accept that burden, the burden of bringing Shalom into the world. And the way you have to bring Shalom into the world is to beseech HaKadosh Baruch and say, we need this. We need this change. And we'll try to be worthy of it. That's what we'll say. That's what we'll say. So to summarize, Aaron Akoin became the one who gave a bracha. And we now know that a bracha is not something you get from nothing. But it's a demand on a Kaddish Baruch Hu to change the way the world is. From the world without Shalom, right? To a world of Vagarza Evan Keves, to a world in which everything is at peace with everything, everything else. And we see that Aaron Akon was the one who deserved that from the story that the Chumash tells us about Moshe Rabbeinu's rejection. Moshe Rabbeinu's rejection of the leadership or attempt to reject the leadership. Finally, we take note of the story of Ishmael ben Elisha in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sort of asking for that blessing, blessing meaning to change something, to change the world. And apparently, I mean, there was a low point in Jewish history and uh, and Elisha ben Yishmael or Yishmael ben Elisha is uh, was able to create that that distinction, and so Akharish Bochu as a as a as a uh, particular present that we receive, which is probably how the Achei Knesset Dola knew that writing. Uh, writing the Nusach, the formulation of davening, was the right thing to do. Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for Bnei Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for Bnei Yisrael when he made uh, Birkat Kohanim. Birkat Kohanim. Okay, have a good Shabbos. See you next week. All the Thanks, Rabbi. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.